0: All right, ladies and gentlemen. Hello and welcome. My name is Eko Ivy, and this is the MMA Reaction. I thank you guys for tuning in. Before I get started today's topics, I want to talk about a little bit of podcast news and what's going to go on, what's going to happen going forward, or at least uh, what I'm hoping to do. So, first, uh, hopefully sometime in November, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring in my good buddy as a co-host for occasional podcasts, and we'll see how it goes. I'm hoping maybe once a month, once every couple months, uh, my good buddy's gonna come in. He's also an MMA nerd like me, uh, and he's also got good ideas and good content, and I'm excited to bounce uh, opinions about MMA with him and talk about topics, so uh, be looking for that. I'm hoping sometime in November we can set up a time to get it done. We're also gonna have a, a producer, Type character involved, so uh, you know the MMA act- MMA reactions getting a little bit more professional, motherfuckers. Uh, not too crazy, but a little bit. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, man. So today's topics for this episode, I'm going to talk about uh, Bellator 207 and 208. Um, obviously, Chael Fedor, Bader, uh, Mitrione, some of the fights that I, I felt were interesting. Um, I'm going to talk about Khabib and Connor, of course, because what else did they talk about in the MMA world right now? Um, they're still holding Khabib's money. Um, he had set out a post about uh, his loyalty and shit, so it's getting pretty weird. Uh, Eddie Alvarez might be finding a new organization to fight for. And Rhonda gives her thoughts on UFC 229. Not that that really fucking matters, but we're going to get into it. Thanks for tuning in, motherfuckers. I appreciate you guys. <laughs> Alright, so Bellator 207 and 208 took place on the October 12th and 13th this past weekend. To word to Bellator, this might have been the most confusing two two event setup ever. I was so confused. I thought the whole event was 208, but it turns out it was two separate events, 207 and 208. And it wasn't to me, it wasn't well defined in terms of what like when the day was. Like, even on that Friday and on that Saturday, I, on that Friday, I did not realize that there was two events back-to-back from Bellator. Like, their marketing or however they set up their production, man, goddamn, it was confusing as fuck. Fortunately, obviously I figured it out and I was able to uh, enjoy their, their fights. And I will say, I'm telling you guys, Bellator is getting better. Their production... Little little dog shitty, they need they need to tighten up and and I, I love Big John McCarthy, but his in cage, post fight interviews, are not that good. They're not very smooth. They're not very fluid, um, and I and that just comes with time in the saddle. I'm sure the more he does this commentating thing, the better he'll get. But it seems a little clunky, uh, when he's giving these interviews. Commentary is okay, but I think as a whole, Bellator production. They need to do something, because it doesn't seem like a well old machine. Like when you watch a UFC pay-per-view or you watch even like a Showtime boxing or HBO boxing, it's a lot smoother. Just everything transitions, all the segues, all the commentaries, a lot smoother. Um, the information is good in terms of the fighter analysis and Jay Glazer, all those guys are fine in terms of their content, but just the, the flow, the flow of the event uh, production-wise is, is not that good. Fighters, very good. Um, Bellator probably might have the best unknown fighters of of any organization. They have very good fighters, very very good fighters uh, that probably aren't getting the recognition they deserve because everybody wants to give Bellator shit about having UFC washed out old guys, which they do. I mean, and they deserve criticism for that. Like in terms of um, harboring washed up UFC fighters, but that tide is changing. Um, Ryan Bader is not a washed up fighter. Matt is not a washed up fighter. Benson Henderson's not a washed up fighter. All these dudes that Phil Davis is not a washed up UFC fighter. These are good, legit fighters. Lorenz Larkin is not a UFC washed up fighter. He's a very good fighter. So I think the tide's really changing, and they're finally gonna start giving uh, the UFC some comp- competition. So 207. Um, man, I'm really. I think I don't think I'm gonna be doing fight breakdowns anymore or not breakdowns but card breakdowns like I was listening back to some other podcast and I was just bored with myself it just it doesn't sound like something that I would want to listen to so I'm only I'm literally only going to talk about the things that I care about and it's probably just going to be in terms of like upcoming cards and stuff I'm probably just going to talk about maybe one or two fights that I give a fuck about um and I'm just going to start doing that I think it's more interesting because there's so many fighters and so many fights I don't know a lot of these guys. I don't know a lot about a lot of these guys, and I think sometimes um, that affects the quality of the podcast and, and my content. So, um, going forward, I'm just going to talk about what I want to talk about. I think anyway. Uh, speaking of Lorenz Larkin, he beats uh, Ion Pascu by unanimous decision. He looked really good. He looked, that's probably like he looked vintage Lorenz Larkin. He looked real healthy, look real strong, and. Uh, really put it on uh, Ion Pascu he just this Pascu guy's really tough he caught this this uppercut from hell from Lorenz he caught a leg kick and while while Lorenz is on one leg he throws this brutal uppercut, uh, uppercut catches him clean on the chin and this guy Pascu pretty much walks right through it so um, in all intents and purposes Lorenz probably should have got like a TKO or KO victory but the, uh, Pascu is just a tough motherfucker good fight uh Roy Nelson took on Sergey Kar. I I can always say these last names in my head until I have to say them out loud on a podcast for everybody here, and then I just sound like an asshole. Sergey Kartan Kartanov. Fuck me. Anyway, Sergey's been around fucking forever, man, and he beat the fuck out of Roy Nelson. I mean, it's I love Roy. I remember. Um. Uh, probably 10, 15 years ago, there was a uh, MMA league where they were on teams. I cannot remember what this was called. Um, it was on It was on like uh, like Fox Sports a long time ago. But they had like, God damn it, what was the name of that league? But each city had like a team of fighters. They had like a lightweight, a welterweight, a light heavyweight, and a heavyweight. Okay? The first time I ever saw Roy Nelson... He was fighting Ben Rothwell in this this team league, uh, this promotion. God damn! I wish I could remember what it was called. And it was Roy Nelson versus Ben Rothwell. So two giant fat white guys in a in an epic brawl. It was it was like it it was the first time you actually saw Roy Nelson fight, and probably Ben Rothwell too. But I I've been liking that guy, uh, Roy Nelson, ever since then. So now. Um, and this was before big, the Big Country persona. His name was Big Country, but this was before the beard and like the redneck and the, the Burger King commercials. You know what I mean? This was like Roy Nelson, jiu-jitsu practitioner, Big Country Nelson. So over the years as he's kind of perfected his persona and his, his deal, you know, I really like Roy. So it's hard to watch him get the fuck beat out of him. But Sergei has this piston jab that I really think set up everything. Sergey started with this jab, and, it, and you could tell, like, it's not like a normal jab where, where it's, like, to set up a, a right hand or something. This jab was doing motherfucking damage. And, and Roy, Roy had a decent jab in the fight, too, but Sergey was obviously the, the, the more skilled stand-up fighter. Obviously. And he was jabbing the fuck out of Roy, and, it, and each jab was almost like a right, right cross, like it was hurting him bad. And then obviously, if you guys saw the fight, he ends up getting him against a cage, throws throws a few hooks, uh, and then he hits him with a knee and just I mean, just you see you see Roy's body go limp and bent over. Good performance from Sergey. Sucks to see Roy lose. But Roy is also 41, I think. Something like that. So I guess that's really a one knock on, on Bellator is the fact that they do have a lot of a lot of older dudes. It's interesting that heavyweight is like the only division where the best the best fighters right now ranked wise are all late 30s and early 40s it's weird um because i mean and i'll get into the the uh chel sun and and fedor fight but those guys are both 40 40 plus in fact 42 and 41 so it's interesting to me that heavyweight just harbors a bunch of old dudes um Anyway, Roy Nelson goes down. And then let's talk about the main event. Ryan Bader versus Matt Micheron. First, I'm going to say, before I start criticizing Ryan Bader, I'm going to say that I think he's the best he is. He's the best version of himself right now. There's, I don't think he's ever looked so good or he's he's so complete in terms of his ability. Ryan Bader does have hands. He can box. He can strike. Um, I think he came into this fight with a very specific game plan, and he wants no parts of Matt, Matt, Matt Miturone on the feet. Matt Miturone, I think he was on, I think he's like a, like a four-fight win streak uh, since he went over to Bellator. And Matt Miturone's like a legit, legit athlete, but it, we all know his ground game is not gonna be anywhere near any kind of Division One wrestling, right? It's, it's, he's not there, but he is good on the feet. He does have a lot of power. He's pretty quick for a, a, a large dude. This was probably the most agonizing fight to watch, and I I like wrestlers. I do. I like I like wrestlers that have production like like a like a Khabib style, where they're gonna wrestle you, but they're also going for the finish. They're gonna they're gonna try and ground and pound you, or they're gonna try and go for the submission. Two two occasions in this this entire five round fight. No, it was three. I apologize. In this entire three round fight two occasions where Bader went for he went for a Kimura that he, that was okay like it looked like Matt might have tapped and then he did in the round 2 he did he did a a, a fair amount of ground up pound which I thought he could he could have finished the fight on the ground. In fact, I thought there was many times within this three round fight that Bader could have finished Matt Mitchell. Could have. I believe that. But for whatever reason he just decided to Hold him down, it was so frustrating, and this also could be because I'm a fan of Matt Matreon. like I really like mehead. so I felt bad for Matt. like you can see how much work that Matt put in to this fight his his um even though he got he got dominated on the ground like i'm not I'm not trying to say that, that Matt Matreon had great like he looked great on the ground he didn't but but compared to what he used to be able to do off his back, he was able to get up and then immediately get taken back down. And that was what was so frustrating to watch, is, like, you see the struggle on Matt Mitchell's face and his body. He's just constantly, and, and, and as soon as he got any kind of ground, as soon as he got one leg up, he was just right back to his floor. Like, it was just, it was it was not a fun fight to watch, and it was completely frustrating. Like, I, I felt, I felt so bad for Matt Michiron. Like, I just felt his struggle, like, just. I don't know if any of you guys have ever experienced the suffocation of a, a, a dominant wrestler like a Ryan Bader. Like, it's got to be the most helpless feeling in the world. Just, you just you can't, literally, you can't do a goddamn thing to get back to your feet. And, and if you even get to your feet, as soon, as soon as you get to your feet, you get you get squoze and we're put right back on the mat. Oh, so frustrating. And it wasn't even like entertaining takedowns. It was like, really suffocating, boring ass, like, like, I just, man, I did, I was not into this fight at all, however, Bader dominated him, he won all three rounds, he's gonna face, uh, we all know he's gonna face Fedora in the finals, that's gonna be in January, and I'm gonna, I'll, I'll get to that, that matchup, um, here in a second. But I want to say that I don't think that Bader's gonna gonna have a, that kind of game plan with Fatal. Or he's not. He did this specifically with Matt Matreon and he also he's friends with Matt, and that could have been why he chose not to finish him on the ground. I believe that if Bader really wanted to, he could have easily finished him, easily finished him. I think he chose not to. So I don't I don't know what's going on with that. But uh, 207 was was uh, I mean I thought I was entertained. I thought it was a bunch of good fights. So I got nothing bad to say about it, other than the production value. So then, obviously, sat- that was Friday. Saturday, we saw uh, 208. Another good card, man. And I gotta say, this, uh, I got the free trial for the, the, what they're calling the Dazone app or the Dazone program, whatever the fuck you wanna call it. I think I'm just gonna call it Dazen. It just makes more sense. It looks D A Z N Dazen. Dazen sounds cooler than Dazone. And that's what it looks like to me anyway. So I'm just gonna say Dazen, the Dazen app. For all intents, despite the name problems with this app, it actually ran really well. I got very little buffering issues, very little, very little hiccups. It ran really well. The stream was in HD. The comment, like everything, was good. I actually, I actually do like it. Uh, All things said and done, all the criticism to it, I actually liked it. And it's for ten bucks. I don't know if I'm going to keep it. I might just keep trying to get free trials. Um, but I think it's a good service, and I think. You know the UFC has the fight pass which is an okay service but I think if the if the UFC really took this business model and said okay pay us $15 a month but you get all the pay-per-views for free that's the ticket That's really where this is going to go. You I think I think the pay-per-view system is going to die. I don't think it's going to be around forever. I think it's pretty evident that pay-per-view is dying with the exception of the last McGregor Khabib pay per view, which obviously did a kabillion fucking pay per view buys. But for the most part, if you were to look at the trend, most people are streaming the pay per views for free anyway, um, with illegal streaming. Now, think about that. Like, like they get all pissed off about it. Oh, you shouldn't be taking that, that. You're stealing our content. Okay. Well, for one, you guys put on 35 fucking pay per views a year. I know I'm exaggerating, but it feels like 35 pay per views a year, and you want $60 each time. Well, the average person is not going to want to pay almost a hundred dollars you know several several times a year so we're only going to buy the big mcgregor khabib style pay-per-views and we're going to stream the other ones whether that's right or wrong i mean you can be the judge i'm just saying that if you take a page out of the wwe network or this dazen app let's pay a pay a small monthly prescription subscription how, I mean even, I mean $10 is probably good a, good, a good dollar rate because you think if you get, if you offered the actual a stream of the pay-per-view for $10 a month, you're gonna make that money up in volume because who's not gonna take that deal? If you can watch every UFC pay-per-view, every UFC fight, every fight night, whatever the fuck, but the pay-per-views are huge. If you can watch every pay-per-view on a subscription base through an app, for $10 a month, who is not gonna take you up on that deal? Because as fight fans, we wanna watch all the fights, but sometimes we don't wanna pay that $60 or $70 or $80 or $100 for the pay-per-view. So I applaud Bellator and this Dazen app for actually providing good content and, the, and the, it's really user-friendly, it's very easy to use, it's, it's very intuitive for your phone, if that's what you're watching it on. I like it, man, I, and, I, and I hope to see it get developed and get better uh, and kinda Force the UFC to do something, because I think this pay-per-view model is, is dying, and it's bullshit, so, anyway, the fights for 208, uh, check Congo, he KOs this dude named Timothy Johnson, I shit you not, when I saw Timothy Johnson, I thought he was a fat, hairy Pat Cum- Cummins, he looks, he looks like a fat, hairy Pat, Pat Cummins, that's what he looked like to me, if you guys don't know who Pat Cummins is, look him up, but that's who he looked like to me, I, really, I was like, holy shit, Pat Cummins let himself go. He's fighting a heavyweight now. And then I realized just some dude looked like him. But he got beat by check, which didn't look like a tremendous punch to me. It, I don't know. Anyway, it looked like he kind of gave up to me. But nonetheless, check's being checked. Same old shit. Uh, he's also, like, pushing 40 as a heavyweight. Still looks damn good, though. I think he is 40, in fact. But he still looks like uh, he looks like a 20-year-old man. The co-main event was Benson Henderson versus Sa'ad Awad. That was a good fight. And Benson looked vintage. That's that's the best I've personally seen Benson in a while. Now, I missed his other Bellator fights. I think that was his third or fourth Bellator fight this one, uh, this last weekend. I didn't see the other ones. But this, this particular fight looked vintage Benson Henderson. And uh, coming, like, coming, like, I used to love the WEC. Like, I, 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 Always watched the WC fights back in the day, and Benson was a staple for that organization. And I've always been a huge fan of him, uh, and I was kind of sad to see him leave the UFC. So I was, man, good for him, man. I'm, I'm really uh, happy that Benson looked good. I don't know, if, I don't know if he beats the top lightweights in Bellator, but I, I really enjoyed uh, seeing him do well. And then, of course, we have the main event, which was Fedor versus Chael. Um, which, ironically, was a much better fight than I thought it was going to be. I thought we were going to see a repeat of Bader and Mitrione, but these guys were actually, you know, throwing hands, and, and uh, Fedor still got it, it, looks like. At least at least when he's fighting another blown-out middleweight at 40 years old. Um, it was pretty good. He caught Chell real early, real early, with a, with a hard left hook to the chin. Put him down, he got back up. Um... It really kind of threw Chael around a little bit. Chael got one good takedown, but aside from that, Fedor controlled the whole fight. And then it looked to me as if Chael wanted out of the fight because the damage that he was taking on the ground at towards the, the, the end sequence. Because I mean, he almost went an entire round. It was because it ended at 4:46 of the of the the first round. So. At the end of it, it just to me, it looked like Chell just wanted out. I think maybe he realized he wasn't going to beat him, or maybe he really was hurt. I don't know. I mean, he did take some good shots. But uh, it looked to me like Chell wanted out. I don't know that the actual TKO was because he was taking so much damage or that Chell just wanted out of the fight. But nonetheless, Fedor wins again. Now he's going to face Ryan Bader and probably uh, lose. And my prediction here... With Fedor and Ryan Bader in the, in the heavyweight final, Bader's going to knock him out. Bader does have good hands, and he can throw strikes, and he's got good... Well, obviously, everyone knows he's got tremendous wrestling, so Bader's probably going to knock Fedor out. Fedor does not have a good chin like uh, he used to. I mean, but that comes with age. You have to expect that. He's also taken a lot of damage, so um, Chael's not known... One, for having tremendous striking and or a lot of power, although he does have, like, TKOs on his record, Bader has legit power and and can, in fact, knock him out. However, if Bader gets baited into a brawl with Fedor, if he's not smart about how he strikes and when he strikes and how he sets up his strikes in the first place, because he really should be using his wrestling to set up that big overhand right, a la Khabib Conor last weekend where he set up that huge overhand right based on the fact that Connor was waiting for the takedown, I think Fedor, I think uh, Bader should set him up the same exact way. Wrestle him for a whole round, take him down, take him down, and then set up that big overhand right because if if uh, Fedor's expecting that takedown, and gets that big right, he's going to go out. If Bader strikes with Fedor right away and wants to do a stand-up fight with him, he might get, Bader's chin's no good either. Well, I mean, that sounds like an asshole saying that. I don't mean it like He's, he's terrible, but, but Bader's been knocked out. Ludo Machito fucking iced him. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember. That was in the UFC. Fucking iced him um, at light heavyweight. So we know that Bader can be knocked out, and his chin's not. I mean, he does have a button, for sure has a button. He does not have that Chris Lieben-style fucking melon. And Fedor Fedor has hands, and he does, he still has power. And so it's very plausible that if Bader gets baited into some kind of stand-up exchange or some kind of brawl, he, he could put the light, he could get the lights put out. How crazy would that be if, at 42 years old, Fedor Imlenenko is the fucking Bellator heavyweight champ? That would be crazy. At that point, you'd have, to, uh, you'd have to cement the fact that Fedor's the best heavyweight of all time. He's the official GOAT, and that makes my buddy Taylor very happy, as he's a, he's a Fedor dick rider. Anyway, so that was uh, Bellator 207-208. And then one side note. Um, it was reported or it was suspected that the Fedor and Chael Sonnen was fixed. And apparently it was asked of Scott Coker. He, of course, denied it. I, I, I seriously doubt that this was some kind of work between Chael and Fedor. I think Fedor just... I think... I think I think Chael could have easily hung on longer and maybe drug this fight out into the second or third rounds if he wanted to. But I think Chael wanted out. I don't think the fight was fixed, obviously, because you could see in the sequence of the very first fucking thirty seconds when when Fedor chin checks Chael and puts him on his ass. This is not we're not we're not playing fucking patty cakes. This is a real fucking fight. So obviously, it wasn't it was not a fake fight or a fixed fight. But I do believe that Chael wanted out. I don't think after that. After that damage he took, I just think he wanted out. And he mostly just give up. I think it was a give up situation, not a fixed fight. Um, so anyway, that's where we're at. Khabib Nur- Nurmagomedov. Okay, so he had a couple things about Khabib here. One, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, he had addressed the UFC. And I'm going to read this because this is he's, Khabib is taking a stance. Regarding his teammates, right? Because um, Tukagov, who uh, who was who actually got pulled from a fight, um, he he might be getting kicked out of the UFC. Khabib took a stand and then and then put an Instagram post off about his intentions. And I'm going to read it to you. Uh, I apologize it was a little boring, but I, I think it's important to read this because this is this is Khabib taking a stance, and and you have to you have to respect where he's coming from. So it says the following. I would like to address the UFC. Why didn't you fire anyone when their team attacked the bus and injured a couple of people? They could have killed somebody there. Why no one says anything about insulting my homeland religion nation family? mark. Why do you have to punish my team when both teams fought? If you say that I started it, then I do not agree. I finished what he had started. In any case, punish me at Zubaria Tugav has nothing to do with that. That's the guy who actually hit Conor from behind. If you think that I'll keep silent, then you are mistaken. And I don't know what that means, but that's very interesting. Silent about what? Is he just silent about his transgressions with the UFC? silent about his his, uh, unhappiness? Or is he saying, if you think I'm going to keep silent about something that maybe the public doesn't know about, you are mistaken. That's interesting to me. You canceled Zuberia's fight and you want to dismiss him because he hit Connor, but don't forget that it was Connor who had hit my brother first. Check the video. If you decide to fire him, you should know that you will lose me too. We never give up on our brothers in Russia and I will go to the end uh, I will go to the end for my brother. If you still decide to fire him, don't forget to send my, don't forget to send me my broken contract, otherwise I'll break it myself. That's, those are heavy words. You know, the, the, the UFC is notorious for having lockdown, fuck you kind of contracts where they, I mean, if you, if you go back in history with Randy Couture and Tito and all these guys with these fucking contracts, they're not fucking around with these contracts So the fact that that Khabib says, hey, man, I'm going to break my own contract if you don't break it for me. It says, and one more thing. You can keep my money that you are withholding. You are pretty busy with that. I hope it won't get stuck in your throat. We have defended our honor, and this is the most important thing. We intend to go to the end. Hashtag brothers. That's amazing. And good for Khabib. Good for Khabib. You know... First of all, and I had touched on this in the last, the last podcast, so if I'm being redundant, I apologize, but pay that motherfucker his money. Pay him his fucking money. He, you owe him $2 million. Pay him his two fucking million million. When, when he signed that contract, he signed the contract to fight Conor, which he did. He, he met his bargain of the contract. He met his ends. The contract didn't say, hey, fight Conor and they don't have a brawl at the end of the fight, after the fight, post-fight. They didn't say that. He met the terms of the contract, pay him his money. If you want to find him later, do that. That's fine. He's gonna get fined. He's gonna to have to pay a piece, whatever. But you can't, you can't keep the man from his livelihood. He did what he he met the terms of the motherfucking contract, pay him his motherfucking money. Fun. That's fucked up. Especially when you gave Connor his three million bucks. Of course you would do that. That's fucked up. That's dirty. That and this is part of the business practice of the UFC that's driving me fucking crazy. They just they seem like they're running it like. Like the fucking mob ran Vegas in the 50s and 60s. Like It, just, it seems very shady to me to hold his money but not, but not hold Connors. Particularly when jumping out of the cage, in my mind, it's not really that big of a deal. What his teammates did seems like a bigger deal to me. They jumped into the cage from the crowd and then hit somebody from behind. That seems... That seems... Like a like, like a a worse thing than jumping out of the cage and going after somebody who's talking mad shit about you. That seems worse. Who gives a fuck? To me, that doesn't seem like that big of a deal. However, whatever politics, social media, whatever the fuck. But I like I like that UFC that that Khabib says, hey, fuck you, man. You, you 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 take him out of here. I'm gone too. That's a harsh stance, especially when you consider the financial circumstances of just saying hey man I'm, I'm out the door so um to further that khabib also said that he f- believes the ufc helped organize connor's attack on the bus Now, he doesn't say that, the, that they they handed connor the dolly obviously but he does make a couple points that make a little bit of sense specifically he says that that, that he would give it a 70 percent chance that they actually helped organize it. And his argument is this, the facility, the Barclays Center is, is a 20,000 person arena, right? So, it's a very large facility. How was it that Connor and his goons knew exactly where the buses were? Now that's arguable. I mean, most, most venues have a, uh, a specific spot for, the, for, for buses and things of that nature, but it is interesting. How did they get past security? Well, and I had said this er- in an earlier podcast. A lot of times, like these guys who work in security, if they see, if they see someone that's recognizable as Connor, they're probably not going to, to stop them because, especially for a UFC event, Connor's a UFC fighter, he's super famous. They're probably going to let him right in with whoever. They're assuming that the UFC and the brass and the organizations and the presidents, they're, they're all expecting him. Security's not going to be privy to every bit of information because they like to keep that shit secret, right? So, who knows? Did the UFC help organize it? I don't think they did, but I think they probably didn't prevent anything. Even if they got word, I'm sure that I'm sure that Dana and some of those knuckleheads they probably had rumors or heard the rumblings that Connor might be coming down, and just that the fact that they ignored it and let it happen anyway, maybe they're a little bit at fault for it. But, um, it's interesting to me that Khabib is going real hard in the paint and, and, and calling it as he sees it, which, which I, I can appreciate. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, right, right now, currently they're both, they're both suspended for 10 days and, uh, my gut thing is is that this is all gonna blow over, as it should, as it should. Um, I think, you know, I don't think that causing a brawl after a fight is a good representation of martial arts. I don't want to see something like this every event. I mean, the, the exchange between Chael and Fedora after their fight, I like to see that. I like the respect of the martial artists. I really enjoy. I like it when the guys, even if they have beef between the fight, I like at the end of the fight when they hug and, and they get past their shit. I do like that. I appreciate that more than I appreciate this. But once every one or two years, I don't mind something like this. I kind of enjoy it. I think it's, it's to, it's, it cements the fact that, that a rivalry, rivalry is real. It's an, it's enjoy it's it's in, it's entertainment. It's 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 enjoyable for me. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a terrible thing. If it happened every single event, that would be a terrible thing. It'd be a a great misrepresentation. And and I'm not even saying that I condone the actions, but I don't mind them when they do happen and it's organic and it's authentic, like this appears to be. I I like it. Okay, but I like respect more. I don't want to get I don't want to be confused. I like respect more. But these events, these things that happen, pay them their fucking money. Fine them out of the way. Just fine them for whatever the, the commissions want to fine them for. And just move on with your life. Um, 50 Cent, in regards to this thing, he, he offered to pay Khabib the $2 million that the UFC won't pay him. Which is, I thought, was fucking hilarious. Apparently, uh, 50 Cent is, is some kind of, he's working for Bellator. I thought maybe he just had like a like a financial interest, but it looks like he's working for them. Um, and it's smart, man. And it was actually kind of funny too because 50 Cent was given champagne, his own branded champagne to the winners of the fights at the 208 event, which is kind of fucking hilarious. But um, he says, he says, hey, UFC lightweight champ, uh, Team Khabib, go ahead and, and uh, all you need, all you need was to say, I'll deal with Dana and your and your contract later. The UFC is not the only game in town. He says Zuberia is welcome also. This is hilarious. It's a smart it's a smart it's a smart thing to do from 50 cent, right? He's he's going he's going all in with Bellator and I'll tell you what, if Bellator picks up Khabib, that would be huge. And it, I don't know what's on Khabib's contract, but this whole situation with Connor might be enough for Khabib to jump ship to Bellator when his contract is up because I don't think Khabib's going anywhere. This is all this is all horseshit through social media and through the media. He's not going anywhere. They're not going to punish him. They're going to keep his teammate in there because they're not that stupid. They need Khabib, especially right now. They need Khabib for at least one more fight with Connor and probably a, a Ferguson fight. And then after that, maybe they cut him loose. But but the, the UFC is not that stupid. They're not going to get rid of Khabib and they're going to meet his demands. They have to. If I tell you this, if if the UFC and the commissions, if they continue to uh, threaten to remove Khabib's teammates and be like I, they're fucking dumb as fuck. They are dumb as fuck if they do that. I'm all for like taking a stance and making an example, but this is not the time or the place to do that. Not not business wise. It's not smart. Stupid. So. Um, obviously this saga is going to continue to go on forever and forever and forever. Um, but as for now, I'd digress and get off my soapbox about it, but I'm sure this will be a talking point, uh, in the future. Uh, next topic, Alvarez, Eddie Alvarez, former UFC, former Bellator lightweight champ is potentially going to sign with the one championship. Now, if you don't know what one, cha- one championship is, it is a Asian based MMA promotion um. why why I mean I guess if the money's really good maybe that's why Eddie Alvarez is going in there but I can't figure out why you would sign with one one like it, I don't know it's got to be a money thing so I started looking into it and if you look at so if you go to the one championship website it says world champions this lists their champions there is no current lightweight champion they have a heavyweight champion and their middleweight and light heavyweight champion is the same person. They still have Ben Askren listed as their welterweight champion. He's retired. They have a featherweight champion, Martin Nguyen. Their bantamweight champion is Bibiano Fernandez. He's actually a well-known guy. Their heavyweight champion is Brandon Vera. He's also a very well-known and mixed martial artist. Their interim, they have an interim bantamweight champion, so I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, and They also cater to the light guys. And they have they have a full women's uh, a full women's weight class as well. So, okay, I've heard good things about one to be fair, but for Eddie, Eddie will, will undoubtedly, undoubtedly be the biggest name in the one championship roster. I just can't figure out why I would do it. It's got to be. I mean, they must be. They must be fucking backing up a brinks truck to his house or something I just can't figure out why he'd want to do that and I mean he'll he'll easily be the best fighter on the roster right away you would assume so anyway who knows but they have no lightweight current lightweight champ at all so assumingly he would sign with one and be the immediate lightweight champion and then he'll be the only MMA, the only fighter in MMA history to carry a title in with three different organizations. So maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a a legacy thing. Maybe it's a a, a MMA history thing for Eddie. But good luck to whatever he does, man. You do whatever the fuck you want. You deserve it. You've earned uh, every stripe, every bruise, every broken bone. You you've earned every bit of, of whatever you take. So hopefully hopefully you get paid, son. So, uh, Ronda Rousey gives her thoughts on the UFC 229 brawl or what have you. Uh, at first, now, at first, they just showed a, uh, what I saw on this was just a Instagram video of her saying, basically, that you shouldn't get special treatment if just because you're a draw. And then I was immediately thinking, what the fuck? That's the pot calling the kettle black because you absolutely took special treatment from the promotion because you were a big draw. But in further research, reading what Rousey actually said, and I, I know I'm paraphrasing here, but basically she said that if you commit a felony, take PEDs, or you get arrested, you should not at that point you've crossed the line, and you shouldn't get special privileges via the, via promotion because you're a draw. And she's kind of just taking a stab at like like for example. Um, Connor's old bus attack thing and then, you know, John Jones with his PDs and how he's going to be in a title fight coming up. So I don't, I don't 100% disagree with Rhonda, but I don't think that she is somebody who should be giving an opinion about people taking special treatment because she's the, the poster girl for being given special treatment as a promotional star. She was the promotional star before Connor, and she for sure took advantage of that. So let's not talk about the morality of, of it because you you did the same thing. So don't just stop it. We don't want to hear it. Go back. Just keep doing your WD thing. You're doing really well. I'm glad you're successful. You seem to be really good at it. So just keep doing it. Just do your thing. I don't, I don't want to hear you t- your take on it. Um, in terms of, in terms of uh, what I mean by that is, is specific to her saying, talking about special treatment because you took it. So, so shut the fuck up. Now, in regards to her comments about what Khabib did and what Conor did, I kind of agree with her. So she's basically saying that what Khabib did was less significant than what Conor did, and how could you not agree with that aspect of it? Now, I realize that Khabib's deal, jumping out of the cage, that's on the grand scale because it's in front of 2.4 million plus pay-per-view, pay-per-view by people, whatever the fuck you want to say. Right, it's it's a giant honest. Ten million people are looking at this, probably, right? He just jumped out of the cage and attacked somebody who was specifically talking shit to him. Meh. I mean to me, that's good entertainment. What Connor did was assault, right? He took a a 30-pound metal object and threw it into a bus window, injuring three people, mentally scarring. Rose, cutting up Chiesa, and then getting glass shards in the eye of Ray Borg. That's, how could you, how could you consider that as, as equal or less than what Khabib did? Khabib did, if you could compare the two, Khabib, Khabib did fucking nothing compared to what Connor did. Yet Connor got nearly zero, pun, penal, uh, zero punishment, and he got paid his three million, son. So it is kind of like they're fucking Khabib over. I have to, I have to support Khabib on this, on this, this front right now. And what Ronda's saying it does make sense to me. So, before, before we completely criticize Ronda, she does have some good points. I just don't want to hear her talk about the taking advantage of being a big draw and, and getting special treatment because she, she did. So, like I said. I, I'm not going to beat a dead horse on this whole UFC 229 thing, but it is going to be a talking point probably in the next few months. I'm sure of it. So we'll just see how things develop. I'm really hoping that we're just going to pay some fines and get over with it and then see what's next in the MMA world. But that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm out this motherfucker. If you have any questions, comments, concerns... uh or you'd like to refute or debate something that I've said or don't agree with me, hit me up. You can hit me up at themmareaction at gmail.com or you can direct message me on my Instagram profile, which is at the underscore MMA underscore reaction. Anyway, peace out, guys. I appreciate you.